Good morning. So we're picking up on on Pelayot's loving Hashem. Sounds so uh, California. I love God. Uh, but we, we we see talk is cheap. <laughs> right, you know, people they, they, I can people say I love you. They don't love you. They don't think about it. Real, real, we're not really loving Hashem over here, and our, our actions in illustrating it. So Lafia Emes Ma'ashiyesh the smoke al toiva sa'ilam azevel atzatzun araisu. Right, this that we should rejoice on the good of this world and how we're saved and all of uh, um, uh, uh, from all of the potential bad things. Life is an amazing thing. When you think about life, the loss of life is a loss of opportunity. Right, life itself allows us to get to greatness. Allows us to improve ourselves. As long as we're alive, we could do more. We could be better. Um, because ultimately, our, 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 our job is to serve Hashem. Like I was telling someone recently, not that I think it's so exciting, but, uh, you know, you go to the, you know, my kids go to Google campus, they're like, oh, Google, a school took us on a tour. Uh, you know, imagine you have a, a, an idiot, which you have many at, at Google, but imagine a certain idiot at Google, a certain fool, who goes to Google and never does his job. Instead, he plays on the campus all day. Right? And he's getting paid $200,000 a year, two fifty, a little less, a little more. Right? What is he? You're missing your job getting paid for that. It's not what you're hired for, to do pull-ups on a bar and to eat 15 meals a day there. Right? That's not what you're at Google for. So, I mean, you're missing the boat of why, what, what's the, what it means to be an employee. So the same thing is by us. If we come to this world... We're an employee. You know, God puts us in a world. It's a good campus. There's a nice campus over here. There's food. There's exercise stuff. There's the mountains. Yosemite. There's Tao. All good things. You know, you, you got one, you, if you're on the campus, sometimes you got to do some pull-ups. You got to push-ups. Certainly got to eat. Right? You know, you may want to take some of the other vanities they have over there. But if, if that's all you're doing, or that's most of what you're doing, you're failing at your job. Okay? You're, you're failing at your job. Hashem puts us in this world. All of the pretty things and all of the exciting things are not there. That's not the job. Our, our job is to serve Hashem. Now, now, in order to do our job, we, we, we may need to actually work at Google or uh, on a medical firm or a law firm or, or what that may be. It's, but it's part of how we're doing our job. But all of every, everything that's out there is not our job, right? I mean, our job is to serve Hashem. That is, if you have your job description, when you got your contract for life, Right, you sign your contract for life. The job is to serve Hashem. Right? If you're not, if you're just sleeping all day at Google, you're just sleeping all day on the job. You're you're failing at your job. If you're just hanging out on your job, I remember I, when I interned at a law office. I don't know if this is common practice. This was 12 years ago, summer 12 years ago. I'm here 11. Years. So 12 years ago, uh, they told us you just FYI. All of your internet use in the firm is going to be screened. <laughs> and do they do that in, in other things? They check what you look at the middle of the day. Yeah. That's yeah. typical. Yeah. You know. So imagine that you had an employee who all day is looking at just stupid, stupid sites. Not bad sites. I mean, what would the company do to the person? They would can the guy. I imagine, right? If they're especially if they're, on, they're working at, at Google and on Yahoo News all day. That's a very real chutzpah, right? They're on the news. Dad, if you're on the news, you're on Yahoo News, in Google, 
Right? So a person it's not wasting his time. He wastes time with the Vedas. It's even more, much worse. Right? Um, but life is good. And the reason life is good is we're able to, to improve. We're able to do our job. Shabalachachi, Davada, Akasin. You really think about it, you know. Uh, you know, life in right? When you think about the real loss of life, you know, if you if, if you lose your job, okay, it's the word, bad thing is that if you I'm just picking on Google because uh, you know my kids went to school towards it. If you lose your job, it's not the real bad thing. Is not that you can't get your you know shirts cleaned if they do that there, or, or, or have chin bars to use, or a dumb you know, little trolley to use there, or you can see pretty pictures. So you lost your job! <laughs> you lost your parnosa! You can't make a living anymore! You, you, know, you don't have a living, you have self-esteem, you have all kinds of stuff going on. Not that you miss all the, all the, all the sidekicks. The loss of life is not because you can't eat ice cream anymore. Like, oh, I can't believe I'm going to die, I'm going to miss my ice cream. You know? <laughs> you know, you know I want to go back to, to Hawaii one more time. Hey, you know, that's, not, that's not what the loss of life is. The Iker loss of if a person lies, loses his shemayin because you stop being able to serve Hashem. Because not that everything else won. Because if you really think about it, Kiyamina could solve her life is so short. You know, our problem is we're so consumed with life. Once upon a time, if you read in the in the Middle Ages or even two hundred years ago, there was something called philosophy. And I'm not talking about contemporary philosophy, which is like junk. Largely, like, I mean, real junk. I mean, real, but you know, real, real philosophy, real questions and real answers. Some of it's dumb, but you know, you would, you didn't. You would walk by a, a creek and think, like, you know, wow, like this creek just goes. Life goes. Like, take all the pleasures of your life. You know, they're not here forever. And in the scheme of infinity, it's like, you know, it's it's so fleeting. It's so even though I know we're we're in a consumerist. Indulgence world, where everything is, every commercial gives makes you makes you think that if I have this, I'll have bliss, right? You know, my days yogurts were simple. Now I have a yogurt. Uh, you know, look in the Jewish magazines, like they make this yogurt look in this like this Greek yogurt too. By the way, ooh, like, like chocolate, and it's amazing. And like the picture, of someone smiling as they're having Greek yogurt. Like you would think they won the lottery. Like they, when they when they when they won a Greek yogurt. This is the religious papers, by the way. This is not in like. Uh, the, the, the Wall Street Journal, the Times, like a little kid with a yogurt, and he's saying, that, what are they, What's the image you get if you have this Greek yogurt? You know, you have Norman's or Mahajan yogurt, and life will be amazing. Right? I mean, that, Greek, that Greek yogurt, you know, let alone that, that, that Klein's ice cream, or, you know, I'm not even going to talk about Ben and Jerry's, which we don't, we don't have, only have cholesterol in this room, so you can't have a Ben and Jerry's, right? right? I'm, not, I'm serious, like the, the, the images, if you have. You know what? You can have a billion times more than any yogurt or, or, or ice cream in this world, and it's finite. I mean, it really—it's gonna come and go. It ain't—it ain't. It's not nothing. No one, no one is here forever. No pleasure is here forever. Nothing really on, a, on an existential level really matters, right? It, does, it really doesn't make a difference. You know, when you talk about people, when you, when you do like genealogy, see someone lived eighty years ago. Like they're dead. Like the, the eighty years—they're dead been eighty years ago. Who cares that they had uh, a four-bedroom hut or a five-bedroom hut or a one-room hut? It didn't make a difference. That's what I, I read. You should be thinking about when you say Shema Yisrael Shema Akena Shema Chad. Not that he's one, but that he's all the really he is. That is. That's, yeah, that's all Kabbalah's like that. Yeah, exactly. That's how. Exactly. And that's why the Mukubalim say we say Shema in the morning, 
Say Shema at night. Shema where baby is born. Shema on the deathbed. Because know that we're at whatever and wherever, it's all God. And that's all that made it matter. That's all that really matters. Okay, we don't think in these terms. We're so caught up in our day. But it's a, it's a joke. It's an illusion. It really is an illusion. Don't get me wrong. If I, I'm not having black coffee. I can, I, I, the little pleasure of my sweetener in my coffee makes a difference to me because uh, it's more palatable. And pleasure plays a role in our lives. Not, not, no one's denying that. But when you think of substance over here, right, what really matters is, is, is service to God because God is eternal. <laughs> and the way we live, we live eternal, as we just, as just mentioned, is connecting to Hashem. And so we look at life and we love God for life. We don't love God. You know, you know, I'll tell you how most of us function. If your parnas is going well, you got the promotion, you have a comfy house, I love God. But if things are going difficult, challenging, you don't love God. You know, I imagine Avram Avino. He wakes up in the morning, gets to do the keda. <laughs> I love you guys. I mean, you know, most of us, you have the keda to do in the morning. It's like, not only that you don't love God, you, know, you despise life. How, why me? And things don't go well for people because our focus is very often this, the pleasures and comforts of life. He's excited to do it. Huh? He's excited. He was excited. He was excited. Yeah, he was excited in the sense that it was God's word. He heard God say it, and that's all that mattered, mm. right? It's so obviously that's all that mattered. It wasn't if he if he wake up and life would have given to that, he probably would have done it happily. I don't know if he would have been excited, you know, <laughs> you know, you know. If he get into a car accident, I don't think he'd be like jumping in the street. He got into a car accident. You know, the, you know. Of course, obviously, he would have got a car accident. He would have been like, okay, this is what's in Hashem. But he was excited about Kedah because God told him. Like, that to him, that's all that mattered. It means that, that it didn't make a difference what it was. Mm-hmm. That's how clear Avram was. Like, what God wants is what I want. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but going back to, to loving life and loving God, um, life comes and goes. <laughs> you know, pleasures come and go. You know, on a Memorial Day weekend, if you, if you, if you went to, to Utah... Or, or, or to, to Yosemite, or to Tahoe, or to Los Angeles on a food binge. Nothing wrong. It could be even beneficial for your, your, your recharge or your escape. But if, if it's the end game, that's gone. Like, you know, by Tuesday, it's, it's over. You know, you go to a hotel for Passover, the only thing you could have left after is a few extra pounds. Right? I mean, it may be some good memories, but, but if you did it to serve Hashem, that's forever. <laughs> that's eternal. If that helped you serve God, that's eternal. That becomes nitzchias. That's that's forever, ever. It's really nothing. You know, Shlomo says this over and over in Kohalas because he lived that. You know, he saw what power and money and fame all it does. It really it's it's not real. It's an illusion. Right? You think a person thinks they're grand, like you know who is it? Who is the one to build a big pyramid? Talk to him. Talk to him. which one? Which were the one of the paros? I'll be eternal. Like you know, he writes on on the on the you know one of the big pyramids, like you know, uh, yeah, near the Sphinx. Yeah, yeah, it's an illusion. You can make a difference who you are, right? It doesn't. It doesn't. The money and the fame and the and the good meal, the great steak. The steak is there for minutes. That same steak, by the way, can raise your cholesterol, kill your heart, you'll die young because that's steak. You know, like, doesn't even make a difference. It's, no, but so, well, he's telling you how you have to love Hashem and how you have to love life. We, like, if it's a mistake to think that why that love is there. If it's a love that's based on on, on, on silly concepts, it's a silly love, right? It's a, it's a love that's on 
if it's not an intrinsic love, it's a silly love. Um, the real reason we want life, the value of life, you know, the, the reason we sit on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur and beg for life, it's not like you can go on trips to Disneyland or Disney World or, or, or be able to drive a Maserati or, of course, Honda Accord. Can't forget that. Uh, right? So, right? But we want life because that's how you serve God. And we say, Nishmas Kolchai. After we say, Ilufino Malashir Kayam, Adhenu Azir Rakhalai, but so on. Zoysim Chasena Kolatavis, but Salah, Minaraz, Al Kolazran Rakhalai, the second. Now, this is very important. You know why it's important? Because if you love life because of Oilam Hazah, people will be very disappointed in life. Because this world is, a, is an obstacle course with some great things. You know, if you're working, again, it's just a metaphor, sure, Google has a lot of challenges. You have a job, it's a difficult job, maybe. You know, it's, but, but ultimately, life itself is an obstacle course. <clears throat> and if, you, if your love of God is only about a love of the small things, you know, a love of comforts, a love of uh, uh, the rewards, and not a love of the obstacle course, you're going to be, that love will be, will be badly damaged at time, and bad mistakes will happen to a person aggravation will happen to a person. What happens is, is a person doesn't love God. You know, a person, I've had this conversation with people who, like they grew up quasi-Orthodox or conservative or, you know, oh, I, I, I don't serve, I'm not religious, I'm not do this. Why not? You know, and, and I never, I, I honestly, I'm, I, I, I trust me, I, I guarantee you, I've had these conversations more than anyone at this table. Not because, um, just because it's what my nature my job. <laughs> I, I never heard a person tell me, you know why? Because I don't believe in God. Because I intellectually don't believe in God. Never, not once. Now I, I have met people who are who grew up completely religious who said that, who usually have no knowledge about the metaphysical, only about science or physics. You know, Russians who grew up in Russia. You can you'll hear that from who grew up in an atheistic country. But no, I've never met somebody who grew up with a foundation of God, which means that it was, you know usually. The, it's, they, they went to some kind of day school, and they, you know, they learned about a blah of Gemara over 20 years. And, you know, they, 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 these kids do. Like, they know very little, but they grew up with some conception of God. Those people, the, the, why, are they, 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 why don't they? Because I've been disappointed too often. I have a guy around here, lives around here, was, you know, he went to a, a religious day school, did not go up to Orthodox, but he went to the Orthodox day school. He won't come to synagogue, but why not? Because I was disappointed in some things that happened in my life. A moron, a punch of a moron. I, you know, I'd say it to him. He has a, he's a professor in university, but uh, he's a moron, right? You know, you speak to such a guy. I mean, I, mean, I, I love the man. He's a nice man. He's not a bad person as a person, but he makes a terrible error. His conception of what love is is incorrect. By the way, you know, when you talk about divorce today in America, you know what the number one reason people get divorced is their conception of marriage and love is wrong. Right? If you have a skewed view of, of First of all, you'll marry the wrong person if your idea of marriage is, it, 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 a marriage is wrong. If your idea of love is wrong. So you'll marry the wrong person. You'll marry usually for lust or for, you know, what, what works for you. You know, it's your comfort zone. So you'll marry the wrong person. And when you are married, you'll have the poor marriage because your whole concept of what love and marriage is is wrong. And the same thing is with God. What, the whole concept of why we love God and why life is amazing is wrong. Right? If you don't have what we just discussed previously, you a person will make grave errors and a person will be disappointed in life. 
And every obstacle that comes to the way will actually what happened, instead of increasing the love for God like it did for Avraham, what will happen? It will decrease. It will frustrate. It will anger. It will perturb or make a person apathetic. Right? It won't have it because their whole understanding of love. So it's important, says Peleites, to know what really, why we love God in this world and why we love life. What, light, what, the, what the opportunity of life is and what's great about life. Right? It's, not the, it's not the perks of it. The perks allow us to do life better. The perks allow us to enjoy things, to give us koyach, you know. But there's nothing wrong with that. Right? that yeah, I take plenty of perks in the average day. You know, again, I'm not taking black coffee and sleeping on a floor, <laughs> you know, and I do go for walks. And I, you know, and I do, well, 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 do that. It's okay. That's good. That's built into life. But that's not the point of life. And if you live, and, 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 and guess what? If I don't have, if I don't have a, a coffee, or I don't have my ability to walk, or my sleep, or I go into a hotel, and, and, and you know, it's not what the hotel I imagined. Right, I spent, you know, $3,000 uh, going on this vacation. I saved up for six months. And I get to the sunny place, and happens to be once every twenty years they have a, a, a monster rainstorm, and that's the weekend that I'm there, right? Like, what in the world, you know? So, that, but if if that was my essence of life, and why wouldn't I be disappointed, right? If I if I move, you know, I know somebody moved for a job, they went through the job disappeared. <laughs> that happens in life, right? They, the, the job they moved for this person in in, in, in in the Jewish world they moved for a job, job disappears, they moved their whole life. You know, and you got to figure out other things. You know, they have to move again. You know, that's just how things, things in life, you know, there's, there's challenges in life. There's obstacle courses in life. Well, if God didn't, if there were no plan to life, you'd just think, well, why are all these things happening to me? You'd be in trouble. If you're an atheist or agnostic, you know, we live, I, I honestly believe that a large reason why we live in a drug society, the majority, what's scary is more than 50% of the American population takes drugs. Right, some are legal. One some are legal. Some are well, like see now in California, marijuana is like great. Some are legal and you know, or for clinical issues, mm-hmm. or for so, or not really for clinical issues, but they, for crutches. You know, they can't handle their anxiety. What's their? What are they anxious about? I don't know. Stupid things, right? I mean, there are people with real clinical anxiety. And there, there are many people today who just cannot deal with life, and they need to have, they need to take it. And some are completely illegal. We live in a society that's drugged out. You know why? Because reality, for people, it's tough to deal, it's with. Tough to deal with if you don't have a, a, a con. You know, imagine every time you have to come with your wife, you have to get drunk to spend time with her. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be pathetic? You know. You have to, you know, you have to even be intimate. You have to be drunk to be intimate. Like, you can't deal with your wife on your on, on or sober. <laughs> isn't that isn't that sick? And there are people who can't deal with life sober. I mean, it's not a joke. They, they they literally can't deal with life sober because they, their conception of life is wrong, <clears throat> and, and their conception of themselves is wrong. Again, again, there are people with emotional struggles, and which is that itself is abused. But there are people with legitimate emotional struggles, and that that's part of their challenges. Life, just like people or grow up. Some people have physical disabilities growing up. Some people do have diabetes and do have... And that's a challenge in life. So there are people who are born clinically, usually it's genetic, with real issues to deal with. I'm not talking about that. That's like a different thing. Um, and they, they too, by the way, for those individuals, they can usually do much better if they know what life is about. I mean, 
you deal with somebody who is bipolar, who's, who's a growth-oriented Jew, or somebody who's bipolar is not. It's a different galaxy. I'm just, you know, I'm just my own experiential thing. It's a different galaxy. Besides, it makes sense that it's there's no there's nothing be- there's no CBT better than Torah. <laughs> you know what CBT is, right? No. Cognitive behavioral therapy. Oh. Right? There's nothing better than Torah. There's nothing that, than having working through what life is about, what Torah is about, and understanding yourself. Um, but you have to appreciate this. And if you love Hashem, you got to know what love is based on. Because you may say, like this idiot, I'm using idiot a lot today, so I'm saying, this foolish person in Berkeley, I love God. I love God. And then something doesn't go wrong. They're not, singing, they're not playing their guitar anymore, right? Or, that, or they have to get some marijuana to love God again. You so know? how do you deal with that person who says, you know, I don't, I don't come to it because uh, too many bad things have happened in my life? Is, is there and a, you know, the crazy is thing, way to deal with that? Yeah, it's not one size fits all. But again, you know, my, my point is, is, is that they, they never had a real, uh, real understanding of what God is. Like, it's just interesting. Sam Allard told me yesterday, he, is, you know, he was telling one of his Reformed family members like the way they're describing God is you, you so you have a nine year old impression of God. You still think you're in Sunday school <laughs> in the Reformed Temple, and you think this God is just harsh God. Uh-huh. Like your whole impression of God is this. Not you were the last time this this relative of his was in some Reformed school as a little kid. And he still thinks that what's what God is. They were wrong when he was nine years old in Reformed school, and certainly wrong when he is today. But if you if you understand God wrong and life wrong, you're going to make some critical errors. Right? That's a serious thing. So By the way, you know, you know I, I had an Israeli couple recently wanted to come to me. And they, they wanted a halakhic wedding. I, and they, you know, they were living together. I said, no, 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 no dice. I mean, you, you, I'm not, you're not, you need at least several weeks of talking about marriages. Forgetting the laws of Taras Mishpacha. If you get like a, like a, 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 a loped in Las Vegas over, it's not like you're doing a halakhic lope. Like, it's not the American, you know, if you know what pretty sure marriage is, you're gonna. You're not. Your marriage is not gonna be a marriage. You know, marriage is a holy sanctimony. You need to appreciate what this is. You know, imagine. You know, a punk kid. You know, I was giving a whole example of Google. A punk kid gets a job in the, in the family business. Do you think he appreciates the business? He grew up in the family. He grew up in the, in the, in the royal home. He doesn't appreciate it. My brother-in-law's family. My brother-in-law's family, the Pizers, have a family business. Very successful business. It's about four or five generations. It was said over by my, my nephew's bar mitzvah that, that, that less than 1% of family businesses last past three generations. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and which is interesting about this business is you cannot come into the family business. Only certain kids get in. They, they, they produce jerseys for colleges and it's like and all kinds of like, you know, he ships all around for high school teams and all these kind of things. You cannot go into the business until you work somewhere first. It's not like you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth and you think when you're five years old, I'm going to work for, for grandpa's business and not, life will be easy. No, because if, if you think that way, you will not be successful, right? If you imagine you walk in, first day you get a promotion, you're at the top of the business. Right? You can't run a business that way. It's not how real life works, right? You need to know that you're going to get your nose bleeding, blooded, excuse me. You're gonna get bumped around. You're gonna have to go to business school. You're gonna have to work. You know, and then and then maybe, maybe we'll let you wait. Maybe we'll hire you. <laughs> maybe you'll get hired. And if when you get when you get hired, you're not starting on the top. You'll be hired according to your ranking in the business. Now, of course, if you're in the family, you'll be you'll have an edge over there. You know, let's get hired, right? But you're not really coming to this business, which has been here for a hundred years, and say you are entitled to it. 
You're entitled to be a, you know. And what happens is if you have that wrong conception in anything in life, and that's why it's important when we talk about loving God, to know what real love is, what it is, because what happens is, and this is the sad thing, is people's love swings. The love of God swings. It can be lost sometimes, but it was never real. Right? Just like it, it was never built on a Torah foundation, and that's why we have to note that the main reason we love God, and, and of course, we're, this is just one angle we're discussing the other things love, is because a true love, and that's the love of what life is, the opportunity of life, of what God gives us in life, and certainly we know that all these obstacle courses and all the challenges that are being done, you know, are by a God who loves us, who cares for us, and, and there are challenges that we can handle. We are never, ever given something that we cannot handle. We are never, ever challenged with something that's it's mission impossible. We're not suicide bombers over here. We're anything that we have. Now, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that we'll always have success. Like, if we, if we, if we're, we, we, may be, we may have a challenge where, the, where, where it's just accept defeat or loss or loss of a, of, of a person could die. They could love one could die. They could not get the job. They could wait five years to have kids or, or, or ten years to have kids or to get married. Doesn't mean that we're. So, doesn't mean that everything. It's always rosy at the end. But you know what it means. Success means is that you took the challenge. You never wavered in your faith in God. You never wavered in your love of God. You never one day said to yourself, because you know what happens at the end of the Kedah for Avram, Sarah's dead. That's really the message of the kid. I've discussed this once with Ben Yono, right? It's like, you think he passed that kid and his best friend in life is dead. Mm-hmm. And he has to deal with that. And then he deals with the next day with an Ephron, who is the biggest greasy, used, oily, used car salesman in the world. A ganov, a, a thief, a big talker, you know. And you to, he's sitting negotiating with his bum, with his wife dead. He just came back from the kid. I mean, what would most people think, right? And the challenge for Avram is, no. This is all from God. Mm-hmm. And if a person's successful in that challenge, you know, going back to our philosophy major over here, you know, you won't be, whether you have a good stake or a good life, for the few years you have it, this, that's how a person loves Hashem eternally, connected to Hashem eternally. Okay, we'll pick up with loving God correctly next week. Thank you.